Don't fake it, just bust a move. This joint is gonna get you in the mood. Okay. All right, check it out. It's the Koi Pond. Chris, Nick. Yeah. You know, sometimes you got to bring a legend into the uh, into the studio uh, just to bless the, the, the mothership. And I've been blessed. Uh, I'm blessed for two reasons. One, I get to call him short. <laughs> and anybody else, uh, everybody else, uh, you have to call him too short. You're probably listening to his stuff right now. Um, I don't think anyone knows how many albums you actually have. Me, mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm one of the original cats that got to see you from the beginning when okay. you were just kind of like word of mouth okay. and it was kind of like mixtapes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was just passed around. Like these kids get these mixtapes now. They're not even mixtapes. There's no tape. There's no nothing. <laughs> it's just like download my mixtape. It's on um, a lot, lot of, of mixtapes. They don't even actually mix. Yeah, they don't even mix. <laughs> Yours was an actually. Yours was a tape that would surface somehow, somewhere. I had what you would, what you would call underground tapes. Exactly, they were and, just underground tapes, and you just you could get it however you however. Just, however, I'd all there was always that one kid at school that just always had it. It was like, oh, I got that new too short. And I'm like, well, let me have it, and then we'd all just bootleg it. Yeah, even my little brother just recently told me. Uh, that he made a lot of money off me in, in high school. Hey, man, a lot of people <laughs> made money off of you. He's like, you always sent me the tape before the album came out. He was like, I sold so many copies. That's so crazy. But <laughs> how many how many albums do you have? Is it 16? Um, It's funny, man, because I kind of lost count, but I'm officially saying the next one is 20. <laughs> but the reason why I'm saying I lost count is because after a while, it was just so many of them. And then I started doing like, uh, collaboration albums did an album yeah. with 40 got a bunch of compilations and I'm, I just lost count yeah seriously what is it that what is it that makes you because only a few especially in the rap game can actually sustain that 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 you know what I mean that 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 time frame in this mm-hmm. business it's like they're in and out and, you know and, and you I don't know how it is but it's ba- basically it's just your voice alone I feel like everyone knows it's a too short record it's like right when they hear it, they're like oh that's short Play it. I had a little magic along the way, man. Some, somewhere in there, I got the voice. Yeah. And we know in hip-hop that a lot of voices get mimicked and duplicated Yes, when they get popular. So that didn't really happen to me early on. Yeah. Not really happening at any point. Yeah. But then um, I, um, I'm a music guy from elementary school band, which gives me a little advantage being in the elementary school band. So you're an elementary band. <laughs> And then what, were, what was your interest, instrument? I was the drums, but, you know, I like to mess with everything in the room, yeah. anything. So marched in the high school band a little bit. Yeah. I had the band foundation. Yeah. So, you know, that's another little cheat factor. So your inspiration in the band playing the drums, is that where the – because basically you're also known – I sound so cheesy right now. I hate talking like for this. Bass, because, the for the drum, bass, the bass. I was just about yeah. to say that. But yeah. that's where it all came from. The inspiration just, was that uh, bass. I'm a drummer, and then, you know, I was there trying to be a part of hip-hop when they were – you know, the early versions of drum machines. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, you can just, you know, this, I, was, yeah. I was fascinated by that kind of stuff. So immediately when, when hip hop took off, I'm, I'm there, man. I'm like, yeah. I, I love the music. I'm, I know the structure of, of making music. Yeah. And I'm like, I can do this. I can rap and I can make the music. So it, it just, it just hit me. So your first record, you were producing everything. I mean, Beats, we, had, we, had no, we had no choice. No the, choice. The, another reason why I, I, I came to be was because I'm in the Bay. Yeah. And there's no presence of 
labels that have no. any outlets for a rapper. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you just kind of want to do it so bad, you just do it yourself. So, yeah. And that, that's been the magic the whole time is that me and the, and the people around me, we know how to do it without help. Yeah, I wish I was. I wish I was the band teacher that he called bitch to the first time. Like, hey, uh, yeah, the- short. We need you to just uh, hit that snare a little bit more. No, hey, bitch, <laughs> it's not gonna happen, bitch. Well, one of the best things that happened to me was I, I got kicked out of the band. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that was that was a good thing because I, I I don't think I could be too short and still be in the band. Yeah. That was probably the thing that 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 sparked it for you. Yeah, that, and I, and my loss of band class. Yeah. You know, gave me some, you know, another outlet to love the music through through rap music. So yeah. I, I still found myself creating music and people listening to it and being able to perform. It was the same thing. Yeah. What? How old were you when you first started? I started rapping at the age of fourteen. I was pretty much considering myself serious a couple of years later. Like high school, all through high school, we developed it, and right after high school, I started making records. It just, it just got popular really fast. And you were just selling it out of your. Don't say your the trunk. Head? They say I was selling tapes out the trunk. I didn't have a car. <laughs> they were in it your pocket. It was a paper bag and the and the AC Transit public bus. That's so real, man. <laughs> That's, the That's truth. so real. And the, back then they didn't have a. I don't even think they had a a Costco to the public yet to where you could buy bulk tapes. I had a great deal at Radio Shack. Is that what it was? You could get uh, three cassettes for a dollar ninety nine. Unbelievable. And Clear they were tapes. they were very cheap, and they probably would snap on you eventually. And the, my customers knew that. If you didn't want the cheap Radio Shack tapes, yeah. just kick me a little money and I'll go make yours on the good tape. Yeah, you'll get it on a Maxwell. Get some Memorex or on something. On a Maxwell. <laughs> on a Maxell. Maxell, Maxwell. yeah. Ma- He's going to put a two short record on a Maxwell record. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that, that's that's so cool, man, because yeah. that that's that humble beginning, man. Like People don't understand. Like They, they think, oh, Short it's, just made it. That's the hustle, like, man. No, you man. Know, I'm in high school. I'm going to Radio Shack. Uh, you know... Two dollars give me three tapes, and you know, ten dollars give me like fifteen tapes, and I sell them for five, ten bucks a pop. And it was just, you know, it was a way not to work at McDonald's. Yeah, and you were selling them. We were selling them, and we had a I had a rap partner named Freddie B. Yeah, and we had a clear cut clientele of strictly street corner drug dealers, <laughs> and oh, just buy your stuff. No, they they had the cash on hand. Oh, give it okay. Yeah, so they they you know they became our clientele. And, I mean, the first time we ever sold tapes, it wasn't even my idea. It was, it was Fred's idea. And he's like, we could sell this. Like He was like, we sound so good. We could sell this. Yeah. It's like 1981 or some shit. Uh-huh. And I'm like, who's, who's, who's going to buy it? Yeah. And he was like, man, there's some dudes right down the street selling weed. Let's go down there. We went right down there and sold one tape. And somebody else who didn't get one was like, I want one too. Uh. Came back the next day. And we never stopped coming back. That's so crazy, man. And that's just how that whole empire started. That was out of Oakland? East Oakland. And it spread all over Oakland. It spread all over the Bay. Yeah. And then, you know, I think our number one our number one PR guys were uh, college students. No doubt. As I l- later find out in life that so many people said, man, my roommate or somebody that went to college with me or played football with me, somebody was yeah. from Oakland, and they kept making us listen to Too Short. You yeah, know, so yeah. that was a... You know that that another one of those magic factors. Yeah, man. Uh, Pimp tape scheduled to drop March tenth, two thousand seventeen. Man, this is crazy. Are you going to do a tour with it or what? Definitely going to do a promo tour, which probably would consist of a lot of performances along the way, but just promoting the album. Not not planning on any tours right now, but you know, if 
a tour came about because I really I really want to get more into like just making those quick appearances at the bigger shows where yeah. where it's you know a Coachella type crowd and you just come out and do a thirty minute set and you know yeah and, and, and grab the the big show but I don't know man um the pimp tape is uh is is just somewhere I felt I felt I needed to go in the midst of what hip hop is now yeah you know you got a lot of different flavors of hip hop and stuff and I just wanted to just come in there with some fresh sounding yeah. Old school, too short. <laughs> it's crazy, man. You're it's it's that voice, man. It's 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 just like it. It's legend. Like you, you, you don't even need an introduction. It's like oh, they're short. Well, at the age of fifty, you know, I t- I'll take it how it comes, man. It's um, it's, I didn't think you ever aged. You're well, that guy. Like it's like I don't think he's. I don't even think he hit twenty four yet. Am I right, Chris? You hey, know man, what I'm we talking. Have that problem. You know <laughs> what I'm talking about, though, right? Yeah. Like it's like it's like short. It's like those those guys that just never get old. You're like, oh, they've just <laughs> been in the game so long. It's like, oh yeah, he's still the same age when he started. It's like Pharrell. I didn't know he started in the '80s, so that that surprised me. Oh, oh yeah. When he said '81, didn't your mouth drop? You're like, <laughs> oh damn. Yeah, I'm, I'm old school, man. But at the same time, uh, I keep it in the mix where it's not stuck in the box i'm like i'm like not i'm not 1996 forever you know yeah yeah like whatever wherever it's going i evolve with it accordingly yeah and i'm always like you know helping younger artists make music and stuff so i'm always around like you know the, the new the new whatever when it went to myspace now it's instagram and twitter and, and you know twitter's old now it's instagram and it's snapchat now whatever so i'm just you know i'm, I'm in tune with what they're saying in the room and then i kind of you know, keep the beat to where they like it. Yeah. And then I also know what the older audience likes, so I keep trying to find that little medium. Yeah. You know, comedian got to do the same thing. Yeah, exactly. Did Did you like it when, uh, like, for your as far as your career, when, when social media came out, were you excited that that happened, or was it a double-edged sword for you as well? Because you were kind of like, you yeah. know, you, you already had your hustle going, things were happening, and then all of a sudden this this new type of, I don't even know how to say it. New type of hustle came out where it's like you put a record out. It was over. It's almost like learning a new language. Yeah. Dealing with social media. But I I see it as um, I was introduced to it like back in MySpace, the way MySpace and Facebook, where I remember a friend of mine was uh, catching chicks on Facebook. He was a college student. And yeah. he was like, we got this thing, you know, old old Facebook. And then my young homies up me on uh, MySpace when that started up and they were trying to explain to me what it does. And I'm like, okay, I get it. I get it. And then uh, now what it evolved to is for a guy like me, you say the gift and the curse yeah, is what it is. But, you know, I, um, I like it for the younger people. Yeah. Like the way they work and the way they do it. I like yeah. that. I'm, I'm not really posting a lot or, trolling or <laughs> okay uh, here i i want you to know short we already know you're not posting a lot because one you're 50 <laughs> and when you're 50 you don't post you just don't uh, yeah, it's I, like, just, I do but i don't i don't yeah, i don't do it a lot you don't do it my last and post, i know there's a couple of guys that are doing it for you and you're my last post lot. was last week it was right it was probably something <laughs> stupid like getting up I, I just post a lot of flyers and stuff like <laughs> you do <huh? laughs> it ain't even worth a like I got the. Hey, du- I'm here tonight. I'm That's wearing the it. dopest shoes. I don't even post it. Yeah, you don't post it. <laughs> like, dude, you're supposed to post your shoes. Short when short walked <laughs> in. You know what I loved about short when he walked in, Chris, is when he when he came into the studio and he just looked around. He's like, "All right, five cameras. I like this." Yeah. <laughs> like he was about to buy it. 
<laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm analyzing, you know, the, the technique, man. I'm in the technology, man. I'm like, you know, I, I want to see the two windows and the guys back there working and the clock. Yeah. I'm looking at the whole setup. That's, yeah. That's, I'm a studio guy. I've been on the studio since I was, you know, 1990. Yeah. It's day one. What do you like most, the the, the writing, the rap it, or, 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 mm. or the production of it? Do you like creating it, like, behind the computer and just coming up with that I that would song? definitely have to say my favorite part is the creation. Yeah. But then you go in and you in, you reap the benefits by presenting it to people. Exactly. Whether they purchase it or whether they watch you perform it, you're like, that's why I made it. So, you know, it all yeah. makes sense. Yeah. But I, I definitely like to get in the studio and start with silence. And then next thing you know, we're making something that sounds good. And we, it's just... Just, just us. Yeah. What? Okay, I'm going to say this. This is what I'm going to say about Oakland, real quick. <laughs> Are you ready? Oakland. Uh, I was a big MC Hammer fan as well. Okay. And that's two different. That's two different types of uh, styles. I'm just saying, the Hammer's my homie. We 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 had our differences, but we were yeah. friends. But th- that was the Battle of the Bay back then, right? Mm-hmm. And it was between Short. And Hammer. And man, I'm sorry, Short. I took Hammer's side only because he did that, that move where he spread his legs <laughs> and moved to the right and left. And you couldn't but, do it. You couldn't do it. I still can't do it. You still can't do it. But you know what? It looked um, like he was about to take a shit and then he'd just take off to the right and then come back to the left. I, I think uh, differences in between artists from the same city like me and MC Hammer yeah. helps the artist. Yeah. Because I try so hard not to be like him. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. And it pushes me to be, you know, better because I'm trying to not do anything he's doing, but I still got to compete with this guy because he's doing really good. Yeah. And I had, you know, I had rivals like that with uh, friendly rivals with guys like E40. Yeah. I mean, we we literally would call each other on the phone or get each other in the studio and play our new hot records just to be like, you know, you better you better be over there making yeah. some good music because listen to this. Yeah, and I'm like, oh man, E40 just played me ten songs last night. I gotta go to I gotta go to work. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it, it helps. That's what I love about uh, one back then when when Short was doing it when when they were like feuding with other people. I felt like it was just a more uh, genuine feud, but then you guys worked it out through the the records. But now I feel like these feuds are just like social media hype. Like they're just trying to promote. I mean, I yeah, guess so, it was the so, same for you I guys. Think but some of our feuds nowadays, some of them, I would have to logically guess and say, "I call you and say, bro, let's fight on Instagram today." Yeah, let's just fight on Instagram today. <laughs> I'm gonna shoot you with a, a, a gun emoji, and then I want you to throw me like a, a tombstone saying I'm dead. So we do it for like three days. We get talked about it everywhere, and then we yeah. go, and then we take a picture together. Going, yeah. we, we made yeah, up. We made up. It's a, it's a. It's a reoccurring theme right now. I, right? And it's nonstop. And then it just dies off. Kind of sm- like, smells like celebrity relationships. It does. The, the fake ones, the PR ones. Because I, I already purchased my tickets for Chris Brown and, and Soldier Boy. <laughs> I, I think the fight's off. I was going to go. I think there's going to be there's going to be an excuse from somebody gonna, before yeah, it starts. Gonna be it's going to be very logical uh, yeah. scheduling differences. And, yeah. 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 You yeah. Know, that, nothing of, my mom is in the hospital. I can't fight right now. That's what that, I think something like that's going to be said. And they were trying to figure out where to have the fight. I felt like they should go have the fight in the neighborhood that they're both saying they're, fi- they're fighting over. I think that would be the best. So right down in Compton, yeah. right in the street. Yeah, like an alley. And then the winner gets to really be a blood. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I say. Yeah. Sue Whoop Productions. Fight your way in. 
Fight your way in. Fight your way in. Stop buying your way in. I better shut up before I get shot. Or the other version is that all the proceeds from the fight have to go to Compton Benefits or something. Done. Charities. Let's do that. That should be right off the top. I love it. That's the best side. What is? What else is next for you, uh, Short? Is, are we going to get some TV out of you right now? Are well, we going to get some movies out of you? Well, the um, the uh, facility that we just opened up downtown, that's what it's about. It's yeah. about um, It's about production. It's about content. Every, you know, everything is about content. We, yeah. go, we go into these meetings, and you know what's going on out here, and people want content. They don't yeah. just want... They don't just want any particular kind of content. They want it from all walks of life. Urban is very in demand. So yeah. um, we're music guys. Yeah. We make a lot of music. But we we know the truth. You know, when the Internet came along and changed everything as far as music sales, now the Internet is changing the way you listen to music because we really want to see the music. Yeah. And we, you know, our... our um, our audience you now. You see what Short did? His phone was going off for 15 minutes. Didn't hear it. <laughs> Didn't hear it. That is a 50-year-old rapper right there. <laughs> He's like, well, I'm really into technology. Phone and his phone's like. Brr, brr, brr. And uh, it's yeah. all about making stuff and creating. <laughs> and then Do I you guys it. hear that? <laughs> if I turn my ringer on, you know what my phone will say, right? What? Bitch. No doubt. Let, I, I got to hear it. It'll text in a minute. It just goes off every now and then. I'll, I'll text her back so she'll text me back. Yeah, that's what we do. This is the best part right now of the of the pod. Is yeah, I'm just, waiting for someone to text this back, and I want to hear it. I want to hear this so bad. Yes, sir. Nick, what is your favorite uh, short song? Oof. I, I was I was going back through the catalog and reminiscing all day. It's hard, it's it. hard to pick a favorite. Blow uh, the whistle. Yeah, bl- blow the... Ooh. I, that's a good call. Can we play that? <laughs> yeah. Blow it. This has got to be like... This is the best to me. This is too short right here. Like, I mean, there's all the too short records, but Did this you hear the one? bitch? That was not the song. Oh, that was... <laughs> <laughs> this, this bitch is in the end of the song. Oh, is that you? That's the phone. Yeah. That's hysterical. Oh my God. <laughs> Imagine that being your alert for your text yeah. messages when you sit on a plane and the lady next to you is like, <laughs> she's like eighty. Yeah, and she's, and she's looking like, like, and then you, and then you go, "That's my mom. She's texting me." <laughs> <laughs> my mom just texted me again. Oh my God! <laughs> Play "Blow the Whistle." I'm sorry to interrupt you. Blow the whistle. You know that song has a lot of meanings too. This one, this one's like I think this is everybody's favorite. That just sounds like Oakland. The song was released um, 11 years ago. Isn't that nuts? And it still holds. I go on and on. Can't Eleven years. So when you when you came out with this song in the studio, you knew like this could be that record. Ten years from now, when they played in the in the club, the crowd's gonna go crazy. Did you know that? Nah, we knew it was hot in in '06. We made it in '05. Yeah, we dropped in '06. We like we, we knew it was hot. Yeah, but you know you can never predict a classic. This is it right here. You play this at any club at any time, the whole floor is packed. Most hit records are not classics. That's true, huh? We, we love them at the moment. We love them in the one. As soon as they go away, they're gone. It's over with some records and and. It's a it's a funny thing about classics, yeah. Because they're not always hits right off the bat. No, you're right about that. They have, they have crazy journeys. This song right here has gone places that 
no hit record has gone. It's just it just went up and down side streets and yeah, back dude. roads and yeah, alleys. Little, little bars and yeah. And I end up with a song that five year olds like, and I made it eleven years ago. And then Grandma likes it. Yeah, my mom likes it. So I'm like, okay. My, my mom's a seventy year old <laughs> Filipino woman going blow the whistle, <laughs> blow the whistle. <laughs> She can't even whistle right. <laughs> I go on and on. <laughs> Blow the whistle. Mom, please don't sing that. Blow the whistle. Oh, my God. I don't want my mom blowing the whistle. Go, Chris. What's your favorite too short? Blow the whistle. Is it too? <laughs> yeah, man. That's just, that's just iconic. That is that song, though, man. Yeah. It's just even like, just like, like that, that, like that Biggie, intro. It's like Biggie's. It's like Biggie's Big Papa. It's like, you know all of Biggie's songs, but it's like Big Papa's that one. And the song, the song, it's like short. It's like blow the whistle. The song was, you know, it does what it does. It did what it did. And, and you know, back when Jay Z wanted to get LeBron James to, to to leave Cleveland and come to Brooklyn, yeah, he was like buddy buddy with, with LeBron. And um, somebody said something about LeBron playoff time, and Jay Z hit me and said, "Can you send me the instrumental to blow the whistle?" <laughs> and he made a song talking about the person that was talking about LeBron, and it just. At that time, the yeah. record wasn't even on the East Coast. Yeah. And just a Jay-Z, just a little remix, just gave the record all new wings. Oh, really? No. I didn't even know that. No crap, man. I was going to say no. <laughs> you can <laughs> I'm say trying, it. I'm, I'm having a hard time editing myself. It's D- working. Sir, you can do whatever you want, damn it. Do okay. whatever you want. All right. What is what is your favorite song out of everything that you made? Um, I, I'm more sentimental to some of the older songs. Blow the Whistle is like... It's like the signature song yeah. that came to be. But I started rapping when I was 14, 15. I started making records when I was 18, 19. I made Blow the Whistle when I was 40. Yeah, I had a long career of hits and platinums and all kind of stuff before I Blow the Whistle. So I kind of go back to where those life-changing moments. Yeah, And I did a song called Freaky Tales. Okay. That's, it's just like in the t- at the time it... It was released. There was um, a song out by Easy E. Boys in the hood are always yeah. hard. And then I had these are the tales, the freaky tales. When those two songs were out in Oakland, yeah, in L.A., I don't think anybody was listening to anything else in the in the in the hood. Yeah, that's all you heard that's was it. the bass from those two songs riding by in every car, and that's always been like my moment. Like I'm like, that's the song, and it's a it's a trip because I sing that song. Now in my concerts, and I'm looking at these youngsters, and they, and they know they know the, the I'm like, what have I done? <laughs> Generations of is, <laughs> is it? There it is. That's that bass that will blow your woofers. Your first car, you got woofers. Yeah, you try to like show off, and you blow your damn woofers. Bumping too short. It's called a Honda Civic. <laughs> got an Alpine pullout, <laughs> right? That, that. Who was it? You that always came up with the bass. The bass lines? In the early days, I was the bass line guy. I was, um, but did I, you create that bass, that, that particular sounding bass? Because it's always that sound right there. Like it's, You've well, got a little bit of hint of it all I'm, the time. I'm 50 years old. Like I said, I'm, I, I grew up in the 70s. Yeah. So I'm just mimicking Parliament yeah. Funkadelic. I'm just mimicking the funk. The yeah. funk. You know? Yeah. That funk that came from James Brown and 
You know, those guys. Yeah. Par- uh, Parliament and Cameo and Ohio players that funk. Yeah. That's, 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 that's my uh, inspiration. Yeah. When, when, you, when you perform, is it, is it kind of like, like with me with stand-up, like I got those, those jokes that I, I have that people want to hear and it's just like, I don't want to do it, man. <laughs> like I'll do a whole fucking hour of new stuff and then they'll yell some old joke that I did like 10 years ago. And I'm like, come on, really? I just gave you a whole hour. Do, is there, are, there, are there songs in your – where yeah. you just don't want to do it but you know the crowd wants it and you're just like, man. Yeah, people yell songs at me. I have songs, so many songs. I have songs that – I don't even know the words to, and yeah. they're, they're expecting me to sing them, and I don't. I always get a yelled at for not doing a song I made called Cocktails, uh-huh. and it was a pretty popular video back in the day. But Cocktails is very slim, similar to Freaky Tales, yeah. And the cadence and the words and the naming the girls' names is, is very similar. And every time I try to sing Cocktails, I end up in the other song singing Freaky Tales, and it's like. <laughs> And it's like very embarrassing. Yeah, so yeah. I I decided one or the other, and then Freaky Tales won the battle. Which one I sing live in live in concert? But I um I you know I I do a little show, man, and yeah. I put the show on. And from time to time, you know, you you look at the crowd and you adjust the show a little bit, and you you just try to go for it. Yeah, it's always somebody mad. Oh, it's always somebody like you didn't sing my song. Yeah, like shit, shit, sorry. So you got to be like. Big tits, cute as cute as can be. You didn't sing my song. Hey, can play we start? Hey, DJ, can you play that? <laughs> play uh, her song. <laughs> one more time. Cocktails. <laughs> Why is short back on stage? Ah, uh, yeah, everyone. I need you to come back in here. Exactly. Uh, and play cocktails real quick. I don't know what. I don't know why my too short doesn't sound anything like too short. <laughs> That's not how he talks. Imagine at the end of the concert, he does that. He he goes into like a, a different voice. Yeah, I need everyone to come back in here. <laughs> I, I got to play one more song. Sorry about that. After the show, you got to bring me down. I'm kind of I'm kind of hyper after the show. Are you? Yeah. I'm gonna try and get your voice before I'm, the I'm, end of the show. I'm really uh, mellow before the show. People do me. They like, yo, man, what's up? It's too short, man. What's up? <laughs> That's how I do my voice. <laughs> <laughs> what's up, bitch? What's that? I gotta get Short's voice. <laughs> can we just do one real quick uh, go around to see who can get your voice? I gave real you, quick? The, I gave you the bite right there. It's like, yo, what's up, bitch? All right, go, all right. We're gonna start with Nick and then Chris and then me. All right, go. Your best too short. Don't you better get this right. Yo, what's up, bitch? <laughs> that that sounded that sounded like a really like a really corny Let's high. Bring school. him back next week. I'll be back. No, 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 no. Go for it, Chris. Hey, I'm too short. What's up, bitch? Okay. <laughs> why would he ever? Why would he introduce himself? I don't know. <laughs> that is the stupid. Do you do that? Hi, I'm Chris Loxamana. What's up, bitch? That's my impressions. All right, I'm gonna do it. That was that was a good one. You thought? Oh, uh, the words. All right, watch from, this. Watch out. Watch how good I do this. You ready? Watch this. Please, if you can, sir. Whatever you want to say, say it right now, and I'll, I'll repeat it, and I'll sound just like you. I don't think you could do it, man. I don't think you could do it, man. <laughs> <laughs> that scared the shit out of you, huh? Go one more time. Go for it. Whatever you want. Go. I like his line. I like his line. What'd you say? You said, um, you said, uh, hey, I'm too short. What's up, bitch? That's a good line. <laughs> All right, you ready? Hey, I'm too short. What's up, bitch? Hey, I'm too short. What's up, bitch? Come well, on. You getting, you getting there? You getting there? Yeah, you're you almost there, Joe. That's pretty good. <laughs> man. I'm kidding, dude. 
I can't do it. You got short in the building. The pimp tape scheduled to drop March 10th, 2017. Can you believe this, man? Since 1981. And uh, he's about to drop another record for you guys, 2017. You do the math. I already know it because I'm Asian. So figure out how many years this dude has been doing it. And uh, and just appreciate it. How many hours? How many hours? Exactly. Ten, ten years ago, I said, I've been on the mic for 225,000 hours. That was ten years ago. So it's about a half a million now. <laughs> I'm getting up there. Look at me. This man is 500,000 hours old. <laughs> they say an expert is 10,000 hours, so he's, yeah. like 50, he's an expert 50 times. Yeah, yeah. Over. 50 to times. the 50th power. This guy has died 15 times and come back to life. In the rap world. That's rap amazing. Years. In rapper years, man, I'm probably like 900 years old in rapper years. Dude. Rappers only last like one or two albums. Maybe. Maybe. You get a, you get a year and a half of attention. And that's it. I, I can't remember the last Ludacris album. Right before he got Fast and Furious, it was like that was it. But like, you know what I mean? Like, But at least Ludacris got six, seven, eight albums. He got a that's run. True. He had multiple hits. I'm talking about guys that are just like high and by. And you're like, us, the dopest rapper. Oh, yeah, that's and right. And gone. Who's the last one? Who, who, who's like that hot rapper that just came in with? I worry about Future's longevity. I don't know how long. Really? He's, he's racking up on the money. It, he's on every feature, but I mean, I don't know. Just that type of rapper. You worried like- about Future's future. <laughs> <laughs> His name is Future. That, that better be secure. <laughs> Yeah, I want to know where Snow went. You remember Snow? See, yeah, that's like the Where Are They Now rapper edition. Yeah. That would be amazing. Yeah. He had yeah. a song called Informant, right? Yeah, he needs help. He's a Let's Canadian find, rapper, I think. Let's find Snow. That's the next That's the next episode. Uh, we're going to be right back <laughs> with Too Short. Uh, Ain't My Girlfriend featuring Ty Dolla Sign, Jeremiah, and, of course, French Montana. French Montana. There you go. First single off the 2017 album, The Pimp Tape. We got too short in the koi pond. We're not stopping. Let's keep going. What's up, Joe? I want to talk to the koi pond listeners about Grubhub. You know, it's a really weird time. Everybody can tell we're doing these ads on our phones right now because everybody's, you know, doing social distancing. We're all separately in our homes. And Grubhub is one of the ways that we can help save the restaurants we love. Oh, exactly. By the way, my son is in love with spicy chicken sandwiches. How is he going to get that? Can't leave the house, but he can get it from Grubhub. Yep. And this is how we keep those places open. Every order on Grubhub helps support your local community as restaurants rely on delivery and pickup orders during this time. Contactless delivery is available. You know that? You can actually say in the Grubhub app, this has to be contactless delivery, meaning you're not going to actually touch somebody or encounter them. You've got to stay six feet apart from the person. And they'll just drop it off outside your door, I believe. Yeah, that's perfect. That's the best way to feed your family right now. You want to go out to eat? Have Grubhub get it for you. That's right. Special promotions will be available daily. Look for neighborhood specials so you can save money and save a restaurant. Your pickup or delivery order can help save a local restaurant during this difficult time. Yeah, you guys, let's all work together. and Grubhub is helping that. You can also donate your change on every order to support the Grubhub Community Relief Fund to support restaurants and drivers impacted by COVID-19. That's a beautiful thing, man. And there's this one special thing for just for the Koi Pine listeners. If you download the Grubhub app and enter code, promo code Koi Pond, you'll get $10 off $15 or more for new diners. That's promo code 
Koi Pond. Promo code one more time, Koi Pond. For $10 off any order of $15 or more for new diners. So download the Grubhub app today and use promo code Koi Pond to enjoy the restaurants that you love delivered. Go get something to eat now. Hey, we're back. The Koi Pond uh, Two Shorts new podcast uh, is called Two Shorts Boombox. It's on Podcast One every Wednesday. Uh, Nick Cannon on the most recent episode. Yeah. How much fun was that? Nick's a good guy. I've been knowing Nick for a long time. He's uh, a super busy kind of guy. So for yeah. Nick to stop by and hang out for an hour or two is, is a lot. You know what's funny is someone uh, – Someone came up to me and I go, because we were watching, I was in the green room and Nick was on. I was like, dude, this guy's on everything. <laughs> and then, and then, and then uh, I forgot who said it, but uh, I think one of the openers went, yeah, he's like a, he's like a black Ryan Seacrest. He is. Yeah. It's the, that's the only way to put it. Is that, do people say that? Yeah. Oh, so that's not a new thing then? No, that's pretty accurate. Oh, that's what people yeah. say? Yeah. Like Nick Kidd is on everything. Yeah. He is definitely Seacrest. Yeah, he is Seacrest. In the morning, noon, and night. And he's uh, <laughs> Nick does a lot. Man. He's got <laughs> he's got toys and he's got. I just saw that. I just saw the commercial for that giant. Though. Like what? I got a super soaker. Like what do you mean a super soaker? No, this is my super yeah. soaker. I can see that. <laughs> I can see Nick Cannon with uh, coming from Incredible Studios. <laughs> Everything. The new super soaker by Nick Cannon. Hi, I'm Nick Cannon. Soak some bitches with my new soaker. <laughs> when you walk in Radio Shack, the first thing you see is Nick Cannon. Huh? He's life-size Nick Cannon every Radio Shack. He's <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's him. Hold on. That's right. He is at every Radio Shack. That's right. I totally forgot that. And no one knows why it's in there. Headphones. I asked the guy around. Oh, the, it's the, the headphones. headphones. The incredible headphones. Yeah, incredible headphones. You want to listen to something? Listen to all my incredible headphones. You want to eat something? Try my incredible fork. Yeah. God, you can't, yo, you can't knock his hustle, man. No, nah, not at all. You know what it is? It's like when when we say we're going to do something, we kind of sleep on it for a couple months, right. and then it, we forget about right. it, or we kick it around, kick it around till it's dead. Yeah, instead of just doing it, instead of just doing it. Right. But then then they're short. Where he's like, "Hey, I just thought of a song. I'm in the studio already. Make it happen. Yeah, oh, yeah. We just walk right into the studio and just we just make music. It's connected to the house. Yeah, I've always had a home studio. Yeah. Always for a long, long, long time. I can't even. I can't survive without a studio. Here's what's crazy: is back in the day when you first started your st- your studio, did you buy all that stuff like at Radio Shack and all these like? No, nah, this is what happened. Um, I found a guy who had a pretty affordable studio, and he he also would help you make the. So he was very you know you know helpful as far as uh showing you how to structure a song and just, just doing stuff, man, working the machines. Just all, you know, sampling was just coming out and stuff. So made an album at his studio and I made another album at his studio. And then I went to go back and make another one and he had been making money with me and everything was kind of upgrading in his world. He he was like, yeah, I got these new prices and <laughs> yeah. and just all this stuff. And I, I, I went on and did the third album there and I was just like, Add this shit up and yeah. like, like, dude, this we just bought his studio, really. Yeah, basically. So we went and bought a studio and never yeah. looked back. Never looked back. Yeah, it, it was. So you know. all the records after the third one were out of your studio. Yep, pretty much. I've um, been that guy. I mean, I, I'm the guy who you get a recording budget to make your album. Yeah, I would turn the album in before they even give me the budget. That's so cool. I would just be like, here's the album, and then they they, they want to send you half up front. 
and then the other half. Yeah. So I just rush and send them the album. Yeah. So I have to send all the money at one time. Or cut the check. Yeah. Just <laughs> yeah. cut the check. It's already done. Yeah. Like I was just trying to let the label know that you know we don't really we're not depending on this money you're sending us. You call it the recording budget, but we we have the budget. Yeah. It's kind of different now, though. Do, is it still the same, like, that process? Or, I mean, because like, now cats are just putting it out there. Well, the, the labels wanna, want your ass to be in, in the red with them, so they give you all the budget in the world to, to go out and record a big budget album. Yeah. If, if you're a hot artist, they, yeah, they do it still. They still do it. And then um, if you're the kind of artist who a lot of us now, we know about these, you know, digital setups that aren't expensive to set up in your home in a guest bedroom down in the boom boom room the basement whatever even some people like having their garages converted into real nice studios so you can have a a decent home studio for not a lot of money and if you're smart you record at home and then you go to the fancy places and mix it down Uh, now do you you feel any different about about recording digitally than Recording analog back in the day, like, yeah. I know a lot of cats feel different about that. Yeah, um, you have these uh, aficionado types that are in love with analog sound, and I think that that's a very real thing when it comes to like jazz and the blues or you know some classical or something. But hip hop has this kind of a noise level mm. that is not normal. It's not. It's not analog to digital is not really registering in a hip-hop song for the most part. Mm-hmm. you got a guy like DJ Quick or something who's like really mixing beautiful songs, but a lot of guys are just like banging that bass and, and noise and just bringing it. So we did a test. It was um, <clears throat> it was the Pro Tools, it was a two-inch reel, and it was these digital recorders called um, uh, ADATs. Mm-hmm. And we made the same song on all three. We, we didn't make the same song, we just transferred it. We, we made it on the analog, the big two-inch thing that everybody thinks is the perfect thing in the world, and we transferred it to the, the computer and to the ADATs, and then we mixed it all down. Mm-hmm. And we didn't even tell ourselves. We just mixed up the three mixes and was like, which is which? And nobody could tell, man. Nobody so could from that day, tell. Nobody could tell. From that day, and, and I think you probably would be able to tell if it was like Beethoven or something. <laughs> right, you know, but, right, right. A two-short song, I'm like, turn the bass up louder. Yeah. Right. When I first started making records, we were um, mixing a song. It could have been Freaky Tales, I don't know. But we were mixing a song, and you got all these tracks, and here's the bass on track number one or whatever. And I keep turning it up so that I hear it bumping in the speakers. And the engineer keeps turning it down. Right. And I'm like, dude, turn the bass back up. And he's right. like, you can't. And I'm like, why not? So we, we're fighting with, over the knob, up and down. And he says, he says, the reason why you can't turn it up loud is because when you go to play this record, the needle is not going to stay in the groove. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, turn it back up because we're just bumping cassettes, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. if, it's not the needle, if the needle won't stay in the groove, it just won't. We're yeah. bumping cassettes, turn it up loud. Yeah. I was I was just telling my boy out there that the first time I, I heard Freaky Tales, right, my cousin had a, a green Vega with house speakers in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got you to have he, house speakers. And they <laughs> used to knock. And I was like, I, I don't know. I think I was middle school, maybe high school. And I was like, "What? What is that?" And he he was he was actually my objective was to make your car sound better listening to me than it would listening to other people because yeah. it's more bass and it it utilizes your speakers better. So, you know, you take a take a group like Wu Tang. Now, I'm a Wu Tang fan. A lot of people are like Wu Tang maniacs, but I would listen to like a Wu Tang in in my car, and I'm like, okay, let's turn that bass up louder because that that music to me is like it's it's, it's 
it puts you in a certain frame of mind and it, it gets you going and gets you hype. But I just wanted you to just really be able to just bump the bass in your car. Yeah. And then people would like try to criticize my raps and go, man, too short. He's not one of the dope ones. But I'm like, dude, but I, I know something that you guys don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I'm on right. to something. And I'm like six, seven platinums in a row. And they're like, how's he doing it? It's the bass. It's, it's the that bass. last knob. <laughs> yeah. Do you not see that knob? Put it up to 10. Like literally we would sit and go sit in the car. When we mix songs, we'd mix it. And then we go listen to it in the car, and nah, it's not ready. And then we go back in, boost some little stuff up, mostly the bass. That's so funny. Yeah. yeah. And then down, well, not download it. Back then, you'd have to put it on tape. Yeah. You got to record yeah. it and then go out there and test it. God, man. Yeah. How, how things have changed now, huh? Yeah. But do you find it better? You like it better now, the way it is now? Or did you like... Well, I definitely like the recording process better now. If you if you know anything about flying vocals and flying hooks and and yeah. just editing mess mess ups and stuff, it's a lot better on the computer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 it yeah. really is. If you, if you, I don't think anybody that's so, recording now they don't haven't heard about splicing tapes. That's what with, I was gonna say. Yeah, you cut, you cut the tape and you put it back together with, with scotch tape. Scotch tape, yep. and then it, and then you use a pencil to roll it back together. You got to have the right touch. And yeah. It, it, a guy's like something we do now on the computer that takes probably uh, ten seconds would probably take you two hours back then. Ah, yeah. Man. Yeah. Yeah. And some crazy. things that would take you like half a day or like 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 a minute just to fly the, the hook. Yeah, we've been sitting there all day copying and pasting the hook. God damn. That's why I love it. Copy and paste was literal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. So true, man. Do you do you miss? Uh, because after you put the thing together, after you put the whole project together, then then the final uh, look of the whole project was, uh, you know, the the cover. You know what I mean? And then the dedication, the the fold out. Yeah, the, the experience, lyrics, is, the, experience the tangible is lost. part of the, the experience is lost now. Yeah, man. And, and I even um, we buy those iTunes albums and they attach the digital booklet. And it's yeah, just, ain't nobody reading that. I, I I don't find myself reading the digital booklet. ever. And some of them look like actually books. Yeah. <laughs> Still, yeah. But if that would have been an album cover. You gave me a ten-page album cover back in the Ooh, day. I would have read. You read you, album covers had you reading the middle name of yep. everybody. Yeah, <laughs> right. that's so true. Right. You're like, oh, I saw this name on another album. Yeah, like, started, right. like I know your career. And then, <laughs> yeah, and then you discover who really wrote the song. Right. I mean, it was an experience. Like, yeah. it, like you listen to the album and you read the credits. And CDs didn't lose that because you still kind of had. that. Yeah, you still had it. Flip the CD now it's gone. Like I'm not it's done. I'm not trying to uh, enlarge the. the CD credits. Yeah. I don't want to go to the little magnifying glass and press plus. <laughs> yeah, so iTunes or whoever needs to, you need to get that back. But the industry needs to get that back. The the artistic, the other part of making an album, just the art, artistic side. Yeah. Dre, we already went around the horn. What <laughs> you is, do a too short voice. I got to do a too short voice, which is going to be kind of hard because you sound be like Barry White. <laughs> okay, let me hear something. All right, this is going to be terrible. Just say BH. You guys can. BH. Say- hey. I was gonna say I thought I thought somebody was gonna catch that and just go bitch and just win. Yeah, one bitch. But see, shorts shorts bitch was different than than how everybody else. There's a lot of variations of it now. Like, yeah, Snoop mm-hmm. got a different variation. Yeah. He's got some, a he's got people, a little some people reckon a different that, twang like, to it. Yeah. yeah, it's a little difference. Yeah, yeah. He got a little different little twang to it, but it's E40 got one bitch. Right, <laughs> real high pitch. Right, <laughs> but no, this is the guy that created it right here. Yeah, yeah. This is the one that was and, like. And they know. So somebody said, um, oh, man, you would have, like, trademarked the word bitch. You'd be rich. I'm like, 
well, if I trademarked it and I told everybody they could sue if they say it, it wouldn't be a popular household word. It wouldn't be yeah. pop culture. Like, just by putting it out there, yeah. you know, with Snoop Doggy Dogs and the Ice Cubes and everybody going around yelling it, it made it something yeah. that everybody's, like, feels comfortable saying. So when when, when uh, Rick James, when, mm-hmm. he said, when he said, I'm rich, bitch, on the, mm-hmm. on the show, now, did you did you hear yourself in that? Or do you think it was he had that already? He was getting it from Dave Chappelle. Okay. Because Dave Chappelle kept saying it in the show. But Dave Chappelle also used to do something in the show with gotcha. him. I'm like, oh, rich bitch. Gotcha. Yeah. And I would say Dave Chappelle was probably slightly too short influenced on right. that. Gotcha. But then you can, if you do like your blaxploitation uh, research, you'll find like uh, Rudy Ray Moore in some right. Dolomite movies going, right. come here, bitch. Yeah. Or some right, shit. Yeah, like, yeah, like yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's a different style, but he was still yelling and screaming the word bitch. Right. And I look at that and. You know, I can honestly tell you that me and my rap partner back in the day, Freddie B, we were like Dolomite influenced. Right. And we were not necessarily cueing in on the way we were saying the word bitch. We were just trying to curse colorfully in the days of, you know, the aftermath of, you know, Richard Pryor's 70s mm-hmm. albums. We like trying to keep up, the, you know, the Red Fox. Right. You know, we doing skits and talking and talking shit and it's just, you know, the, the bitch word came out some right. kind of way. Right. Yeah. It's just bitch. I don't know. <laughs> Who were some of your inspirations, Short? Like, as far as like in the rappers, rap rappers, the early rappers were um, that really influenced me were like Melly Mel from the um, uh, Grandmaster Flash and the yeah. Furious Five, because Melly Mel was the one who wrote the message. Yeah, the message is like a timeless classic song yeah. forever and ever, and. A lot of his rhymes, just like the message, not just that song, but a lot of his rhymes are very visual. And he really inspired me to listen to him and and be and transport myself to New York. Yeah. And that, that inspired me to write Oakland rhymes. Yeah. And I was like, you know, this dude is like, I could see New York. I've never been there. Yeah. I'm like, what if I told people what Oakland looked like? And it just kind of gave me a, a, line, a lane that I stuck with for a long time. And then um, there's an old school rapper named Spoonie G. Not, not a lot of people know Spoonie G. Yeah, I know that. But Spoonie yeah. G, Spoonie G was one of the first rappers I ever heard who dedicated a lot of his flow to his um, his exploits with women. Yeah. And he wasn't really being explicit with it, but he was, like, letting you know, like, I get all the girls and I'm really, like, knocking them down and I'm really, you know, going to get some more. Yeah. So he was my playboy inspiration okay. to be a player on the mic. And I, Oakland, California really was the main inspiration growing up in LA I moved to Oakland when I was 14 and just at that age seeing the difference between Oakland and LA it was just it was a little more up close and personal and a lot more you know it looked like a black exploitation movie it, it moving like you were I like you were living it I landed right <laughs> in the middle of it I'm like where yeah. am I at and I did just, I land on the set and it just um it really uh Gave me a lot of, you know, that 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 sort of thing, like a muse, some, something to continuously keep you right. I lived in Atlanta for 15 years. Yeah. And a lot of times I would have to do this one thing to write a song in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I would have to think about Oakland stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'd have to, like, get motivated by Oakland just to write a song and think of me and the homies sitting around talking about something, just anything yeah. to get a song going. Um, This is, uh, it was funny because Dre and I were talking. By the way, this is Dre. Uh. Uh, yeah, that's that's set. Your, sister's, again. Your my, sister's husband. My sister's husband. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone knows Dre. Uh, oh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> black man. Um, 
But uh, it's so funny because we were we were at breakfast together short uh-huh. today, and this is the funniest thing uh, because his son came and sat down with us, and he's like he's he's twenty one now, right? Twenty three. He's twenty three. Yeah. My bad. I should know my nephew's age. <laughs> uh, he's twenty three, but you know what I mean. He's got he's young. He's a different generation. You know what I mean. He's got the 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 the, the nappy head, the, the, the dreads, dreads. Yeah. and then you know, but he he's got the skater look. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it's like. Dad's got the ball cap on, the hoodie, the, the the oversized jeans, and it's like you can tell there's a generation that we're a part of, right. you and I, and then that the new kids are a part of. And it's so funny because like the one thing that uh, Dre and I was talking about is like my son is 13, and he's like he's all about his son. Like uh-huh. like my son loves Dre, uh-huh. and it's like uh, he he loves you know. Migos, he loves rap. He's like influenced by these guys. But when we were kids, like when when Short came out, like like when he said something, it was like, yo, it was like on CNN. You're not gonna believe what Too Short just said <laughs> right. on his new record, and we need to ban it, and we're gonna burn all his CDs right. in front of City Hall. Like <laughs> right. it was big things. Right. Women are not biatches, <laughs> and we will not let him trademark this because that is bullshit. <laughs> You, you know what I mean? There was, there was like when yeah. you when you were doing it, there was like you know what I mean? Like there was, there's races. I mean, it's still here. But what I'm saying is like there is, there's a lot of things that influence that that right. music. And, uh-huh. and and like you said, when you were in Oaktown, Oakland, you you saw it and it, uh-huh. and it inspired you. But man, it's like now, like I don't, I, I feel like like my son, he's not, he's saying things, but he doesn't doesn't mean anything to him. There's there's nothing. Be, you know I what think, I mean? I think the the words are. They're there, but I don't think the impact of the no, words are the same. It's right. not the same. Right. It's, and, my son doesn't know it. He, he doesn't know the meaning behind it. He knows that these guys say it, and he loves it. They didn't get to grow up in the, the era where it was really hard to get a hold of a Richard Pryor tape yeah. or album and, just, and get free time as a youngster to listen to it without your know, life being in fear at yeah. home. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? So and, here's, oh, go good. But no, no, no. So here's the thing is that, is that when I was talking about the Freaky Tales record, mm-hmm. when my cousin brought it in, my cousin, I did, you know, he, he was a real, he was a pimp. And he listened to that. That's what he. That's what he was knocking. You know what I mean? So, well, I'm so, pretty sure Short sold it to no, him. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no. So my, my, and my point, my point in that is that when I got that from him. I knew what lifestyle I was getting in that tape. In that <laughs> yeah. tape, you feel what I'm saying? Yeah. They don't know that now nah. because right. they're getting it off the internet. Yeah. They don't. It, they don't. Spotify. Make, they don't make the connection yeah. between the lifestyle and the music. Well, it, back in the day, when uh, you know doo wop was out, yeah. and then somebody got famous, a whole bunch of people with a little bottle of wine on the corner shivering, singing doo wop, wishing <laughs> they could be a group. Yeah. We have entered that era in hip hop where. They see it, man. They saw Lil Wayne come up. They saw Drake come out of nowhere. They're like, I want to be that guy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's no longer, let's make a hip-hop song for the fun of it and let's do a routine. Now yeah. it's like, man, let's get some money. <laughs> yeah, so, that's it. Put so, this on iTunes and get rich. You have, um, I mean, it, the, the, the genre is evolving so so much. The one thing you're talking about, the dress code. There's one thing they don't want to do, and that's look like us. Yeah. So as much as we thought we had a cool look, <laughs> yeah, they're like, that's the look I don't want. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. So whatever they're doing is it's got to be different. Yeah. So how's the music we like? Oh man, Tupac is there. Like, Tupac to them sounds like the Supremes to us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like seriously though, they like true. They don't. They like 
I, what what did um that, that little dude was trying to say something about Tupac? He's like, man, I wasn't even, Tupac was dead before I was alive. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know his 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 dissing of Tupac is is not even valid. Yeah, my daughter said we was listening to Tupac in the car. She was like. He oh, scares no, this scares me. <laughs> <laughs> it's real life. It's real life, right? You want to hear some uh, some some mumble rap and something right. where, you, where you can't decipher the words and and the hook is fun, right? No, right. some somebody's out there talking that real life stuff. Exactly, yeah, exactly. They won't let the good rappers out now, man. They won't. They won't let them t- uh, rise to the top. Yeah, they're that's containing some, them. There's some young rappers that really rap some real life stuff. It's not. It's not like a generation going bad. It's just what we promote and what we put up on this pe- pedestal now is. Is you know the 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 internet uh, watered down kind of everybody sounding alike kind of you know yeah. it's just, it is what it is. So from, when you when you get young kids that are from different cultures and mm-hmm. and, and different backgrounds and they're using n word mm-hmm. and b word and, and they and they talking like, like my son right exactly <laughs> exactly that, I, when they to go back to that and they talking like us. Does that, I mean, for you, does that bother you personally? No, because they got it from hip-hop culture, and they're mimicking hip-hop culture. Mm-hmm. And the hip-hop culture is, it, it, a lot of it starts right here in the United States of America, and we influence a lot of cities around the world. Right. So, you yeah, know, I mean. You go to Tokyo, you'll see a Japanese guy with a tan and dreads. Dreadlocks, yeah. <laughs> And he can rap all with the words. Too short, said, with a too short He scene. can rap all the words to a too short song, and he doesn't speak English. Not at all. So <laughs> how you know the words to the song? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to tell you how it tripped me out. Uh, 94, 95, I, I lived in Richmond. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was at a bowling alley, pool hall, whatever, and there was a group of Filipino kids standing outside. And they was like, yeah, nigga. Yeah, yeah nigga. Yeah. Especially was, in the Bay. And I was like, yeah. But back it's, it's then, culture 20, in the Bay. But 20 years ago, it kind of, you know, I was like, I didn't know how to react to it. Yeah. But now, you know, I mean. On the flip side, I know at least two black dudes who. Became no, Filipino. No matter no matter what your race is, yeah. they put your race in front of my nigga. That's, yeah. that's my Filipino nigga. Right, right, yeah. right, 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 right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, they're, they're my two white niggas, man. They're yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just talk like that. That's just yeah. normal talk. Yeah. That's my New York homies. They do that. <laughs> you know, no, no, my white nigga over there. You know yeah. them Chinese niggas, man? Yeah, man. <laughs> They can cook. <laughs> so I think the, the the hip-hop music, take it for what it's worth, man, good or bad. It's probably a lot of bad. It's probably some good in there, the way we kind of, you know, relax these words a little bit. But the N-word, the B-word, just, you know, just cursing in general is kind of like part of the music. It's like, you know, you is a there's a rule now that if you're if you're not black, you're allowed to N-word all you want in your car. Yeah. While you listen to some music, you can be in traffic, look over. Nigga, 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 nigga. Okay. As long as you're in your car, it's it's okay. Hey, I've said it, man. I buy the albums, and I'm, I'm, I'm saying every lyric I can loud until we get to that until stoplight. Stop yeah, then, I, then it's all done. Short said it was cool. Short said it's cool. Yeah. Sing along. Sing along is cool. Yeah, yeah. Sing along is cool. They all great. Uh, my son has an afro out to here. He's half Filipino, half white, and his his fro is about this big. And uh, and everyone at his school goes because he always says I'm half Filipino, half white. And then he goes, but everyone always goes, no, there's black in you. <laughs> and then my son goes, he goes, so cool, Dad. <laughs> Thanks for the little black. Pre- appreciate it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm half black, Dad. <laughs> I've been telling everyone I'm Filipino and black, Dad. Yeah, you got to be Filipino or something. You want to grow that afro, right? <laughs> you got an afro. This is so cool. You came into the koi pond, man. This is too short, you guys. Uh, legend in the game, Dre. 
How cool is this? Dope, man. Dope. I, I flew out here from Brentwood to get here, man. Right? I, you know what I mean? To meet a legend. Uh, talk about a generation gap. A black man flew here from Brentwood to get yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> First I was picturing the airplane, then I started picturing the Bentley. Right. I'm like, uh, God, damn, that didn't happen 20 years ago. Just flew in on a helicopter. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, <laughs> what are you, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air? Daughters on scholarship. <laughs> 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 yeah, big shout out to his daughter. Just got a scholarship to. Uh, well, one, she got the scholarship for Brentwood, yeah. playing basketball, and and then she just got signed to Illinois State. Illinois State, yeah. man, to play. Okay. So big shout out. So can you yeah. shout out AJ for us? To short, good looking out, AJ. Hard, hard, hard work. Is what gets it. Yeah, so That's stay focused, biatch. <laughs> can you, can also, you cut that, Chris? Cut you. that out. Ain't <laughs> <laughs> uh, My Girlfriend featuring Ty Dolla Sign and Jeremiah and, of course, French Montana. That is off of the new album called The Pimp Tape. Uh, this is too short. And make sure you also go to his uh, podcast, which is You called- see the artwork for the album? No. It's actually... The CD is a picture of a cassette. Oh, that's great, <laughs> man. Called the Pimp Tape. That's right. so dope. You remember how long that fold-out would come? It was like an accordion. <laughs> had every lyric, had everything in it. Two Shorts Boombox on Podcast One every Wednesday. Nick Cannon on the most recent episode. Two Short from East Oakland to L.A. Uh, we just want to say thank you for all the music that you've done, man. And uh, you're amazing. And uh, it's great to have a legend on the Koi Pond. So thank you for coming through, sir. And we're going to go out with Nappy Roots. That's my son's head right there. (laughs) Thank you, Short. You're welcome, bro. Good time. Good time. The Pimp Tape. Get it. 